Howdy, everybody. Welcome. Good morning. Man, it's good to see you. I'm glad you're here. Um, great to gather together. Wasn't that powerful worship this morning? Just uh, This is all worship, by the way. The, the whole service is worship, but that part where we get to sing and express our thanks to God is such, such a good thing. Um, hello, those of you who are watching at home. We miss you here in person. Uh, hopefully, we can all be together in the same room again soon. We're... Uh, we're longing for that. Um, and uh, I want to just before we get into what we had planned for this morning is uh, we're in the season of Lent, as some of you would know, and Lent is the season in the church calendar, the church universal calendar, practiced for many centuries in different churches and tribes of churches, uh, the 40 days before Easter plus Sundays. And uh, it's been part of our rhythm here at Hillside for a few years, and it's something that some of you maybe really appreciate because maybe you come from a more traditional, maybe a, an Anglican background, and there's others of you who go, yeah, I don't get this whole Lent thing, and you, you, you disregard it. I, I think that's okay. Uh, I don't know about you, but I get helped by rhythms and regular practices. And uh, so this season for me is a, is a season of intentional discipleship where I can kind of, again, just be a little bit more thoughtful about my apprenticeship to Jesus and so I want to encourage you in your journey, whatever that might look like, it might, as we've said before, include refraining from something during these days, um, and, or it may, may include you doing something. And, and uh, one of the things we prepared for you, if you'd like, is a reading guide, uh, and it's scriptures entirely from the Gospels, from the latter half of Jesus' life. And it's a re reading for every day up until Easter Sunday um, that kind of documents or outlines for us Jesus' journey to the cross. And uh, it's, it's really good. It's he kind of not only goes there himself, but draws his disciples uh, along for the journey. And so uh, if you'd like a, a hard copy, the online copies we sent out earlier in the midweek reminder this week, uh, and we'll be able to get you a copy online if you'd like one. But it, for those of you here in person, you can grab one from Lynn at the Welcome Center. So that's there for you. Fair enough? Good? All good? You with me so far? It is AGM. Some of you are going, what is an AGM? Annual General Meeting, right? That's what it stands for. And uh, because of that uh, today, we're stepping out of kind of our routine, and we're going to take some, some time this morning, a few minutes, to celebrate and consider some of the ways that God has been working at Hillside. So this is going to be uh, a little bit of a different service. We, we have an interview planned, and, and we're going to do a couple different things. But um, honestly, I think it is good for us to celebrate some. Because if ever there was a season where we needed to celebrate, this is one of those times. It's like I, I, I've heard somebody describe uh, as one of the spiritual disciplines is the practice of joy. And uh, we need to rejoice. We need to actually do that as a discipline. So we're going to do that this morning because it seems like right now, complaint and frustration and fear, and disappointment, and discouragement kind of have a, oftentimes have a gravitational pull in our lives. And so we want to follow alongside someone like the Apostle Paul who said, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Um, we started the service today with a psalm of praise and thanksgiving, Psalm 100. It's beautiful. It's just, uh, I think, five or six verses long. And uh, this week, um, the center verse, as I read it, just 
screamed out to me. It was like, this is for you, Derwin. Read this. And he encouraged me this. This is what that verse says, Psalm 100, verse 3. He says, know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. I, I, I just love the truth of the, the psalmist wanted us to know in that little verse about who God is and about who we are. The Lord is God. He is our maker. Um, we're his people. We belong to him. That we're, we're the sheep of his pasture, which means that no matter uh, kind of what we're going through or what we're facing in our lives, the hardships that we encounter, it means we're never alone. You know, we're the, the, the father, the shepherd is, is never going to orphan us. God shepherds us with his shepherd's heart. And so whatever we might seem to have lost in this life, it, it's nothing to compare to what we gain in God and in his heart for us and in the security of belonging to him. We're his people. What a gift. The other truth that I read in the middle of that verse, it, it talks about us together as a people under God a community of faith. Notice the, the, the pronouns. It is he who made us, and we are his, we are his people. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Um, last week, Aaron White, when he was with us, wasn't he great? Wasn't that good? It was such an inspiration. And uh, he spoke about just the unusual nature of the church, the, the, the strangeness of the kind of community he puts Together, And if you didn't think it was strange, just again, look around the room. And, um, but the, the kind of community God forms is like no other community out there. You know, it, it's made up of such a, a diverse group of people, the rich and the poor and people from other cultures and, and communities. And, and, and we have conservatives and we have progressives in the room. And in other words, God forms us all into family. <laughs> Brothers and sisters. It's kind of funny, brothers and sisters, you think about it, we don't get to choose our families, do we? And it's kind of like that with church. I suppose you get to choose the church you go to or are a part of, but in terms of the larger family of God, um, he puts us together and he forges us into something that's unique and special. Um, I love, uh, this is one of the things I, I got to say. By, by the way, I loved his line last week where he talked about just that the church ought to smell funny, right? It ought to smell funny. It ought to be just the oddest group of people. This is one of the things I'm grateful for at Hillside. I want to start by giving thanks for this, the, the unity we've been able to forge around Jesus in spite of all the differences we hold. You know, I, I was talking to a Hillsider this week, and they, they said to me that the, one of the, the things they value most about this church community is the diversity is that we are different, that we're multicultural, that we are multi-generational, that in the same seven days we, you know, can, can celebrate Ash Wednesday and also have, uh, you know, a Pentecostal pray for us. <laughs> Isn't that great? I mean, we, we can have an encounter prayer weekend and an Ash Wednesday service in the same seven days. I... I I love that diversity at Hillside. I think it makes us a richer community. The fact is, I think we do smell kind of funny. And it's not always comfortable. And I, and I got to say this. 
I admire so much about our community, but it doesn't mean that we are conflict-free, right? And, and, and actually, it is okay for us to, to experience conflict and disagreement, and that's not the end of the world for us. That's not, think of your family growing up. Was it conflict-free? I'm pretty sure it wasn't. It's more challenging to do church when it's not an echo chamber of people who just agree on everything. It's going to smell funny at times, and it may smell funny to us and to the community around us, but I think it smells good to God, and I think we've got to keep on pursuing that and celebrating that unity and diversity. So that's good. Let me just read this verse again, and let's savor its truths. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Let's just pause and pray for a moment. God, this morning as we celebrate and notice kind of what you've been up to, we just give you all glory, God. Um, Your involvement in our lives and in this church, it's nothing short of an act of grace. Uh, It's your mercy at work. And uh, we, we want to celebrate it. We want to continue to walk your, in your ways. We want to continue to be Jesus-centered and focused. Would you lead us and guide us, we pray. Uh, continue to, to meet us in this, this moment this morning as we look to what you've been doing. May we, may we be able to sniff out the grace notes in our community. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, I want to notice some other things from our community today that I want to celebrate. Uh, we don't do a lot of this, and I think it's important that we do this. And you'll be able to read some of these in our AGM report, especially in my lead pastor's report. But I wanted to highlight just a few for you right now. I, I first of all want to celebrate and give thanks for our staff team here at Hillside. Um, one of my privileges as lead pastor is to work alongside and to, uh, you know, partner with such a dedicated and caring staff team. Bill and Nikki and Kevin. Where are you, Kevin? I think he's in the room somewhere. There he is. There's Kevin and Marnie. These are our senior staff, and uh, they are amazing. Um, Much of the work they did in 2021 was behind the scenes, and uh, it was often difficult and challenging work. They carried many different and and difficult challenges in their work, and uh, they served sacrificially and with grace, and they continue to do so, and I want to celebrate our senior staff. Can we just give them a hand this morning? Uh, This year, we welcomed Jenna Basselt as our children's ministry assistant, and Jenna uh, is an electrician by day, and on weekends she, uh, you know, puts on a cape, special superhero gear, and, and serves in our children's ministry, and she is a superhero to me. So can we give it up for Jenna Bissell? <laughs> Caleb Gray, one of my favorite people in the world, um, he joined as our pastoral ministry intern back in September. Uh, in case you didn't know, just so you think this is all nepotism, this is actually unpaid work. He's, he's doing this as a volunteer. Um, we're just padding his resume for when he wants to be a pastor somewhere someday. So thank you, Caleb. He, he serves in our youth ministry, our young adult ministry, and in our Sunday ministries. And uh, he does it with joy. We're grateful for his addition to the team. Can we give him a... 
And on top of that, we have many, many volunteers and uh, teams that serve in this church, and it's one of the most beautiful things. Um, they deserve praise. I think of those who work with our children and youth. In a, in, a, in a couple of years where this has just been hard to do, we, we want to love on the next generation, and uh, our volunteers in those ministries, you guys are awesome. Can we give them a hand? Okay, we probably won't applaud all morning because this is going to get old pretty quick, so, you know, we'll hold our applause for a bit. Derwin, I'm telling you, I'm telling you this. Um, I want to thank our, our life group leaders. With church being so different these last couple of years, our, our life groups have been maybe more like lifeboats <laughs> in some ways for some, and, and they have really mattered. And it's demanded a lot more of our, our life group leaders and creativity and flexibility. And, and uh, I want to say thank you to those of you who serve in those ministries. It's fantastic. I want to think of our elders and our finance team and our operations team, our, our amazing global outreach team led by Dave Forsyth right there, um, our Sunday hospitality team, to all the volunteers, and there are many, many more who serve and give and sacrifice at Hillside by your service. Whatever you do, thank you for, for your hard work. It matters. We're grateful, and we celebrate you. Okay, let's, let's clap again for those, those people. A lot of that stuff is behind the scenes, and speaking of behind the scenes, I want to celebrate those of you, you who pray at Hillside or, in, or who are involved in prayer ministry. Prayer is perhaps one of the most important things you can make a case for it in our community. Um, prayer is, uh, check, check this out, Hillside in 2021 held more than 312 prayer meetings. Isn't that great? Shout out to Jules, who anchors our Monday to Friday 8 a.m. prayer meeting, to Bill, who anchors a, a 6.30 a.m. prayer meeting uh, on Wednesdays. Um, our after-service prayer ministry was relaunched in December after 18 months of not having any kind of after-service prayer. And it's been our goal, and I think we're achieving it, to pray for every event, every program, every hillsider by name. Uh, we have a, get this, we have a 45 team member, prayer response team, who when somebody puts a prayer request through our website or, or by email, 45 people who get that in their inbox, and they pray. They pray for that situation. They pray for that thing. 45 people who, who do that. Isn't that great? It's so good. If you want to be part of that team, by the way, we never recruit ever, um, but please just reach out to our office. Say, I'd love to pray with that team, and you'd get uh, signed onto that uh, prayer list. Um, in the fall, 35 people participated in the encounter weekend with a focus on prayer and the Holy Spirit. And I want to say this. God continues to equip us and give us faith to seek God through prayer. And, and I'm excited about the culture of prayer that God wants to foster here at Hillside, not just now but in the future. I believe it's going to continue to be a big part of who we are. Amen? Okay. Uh, I'm so grateful that we've returned to in-person church. Like, I'm really grateful for that. From holding our first gathering in 2021 was an Easter sunrise service, which was incredible, um, to experimenting with outdoor services in May and June, and then a gradual return to more in-person services. It was so good for some of us, at least, to, to regather in worship. By December, 
we were close to 70% of our pre-pandemic attendance on Sunday mornings. Now, Omicron had a little bit of say with that, and it quite honestly plummeted at that point. But we do look forward to more of what God wants to do, both online and in person, as more of our congregation return. But I want to take a moment and just thank the skeleton crew of a tech team who, uh, over the last two years, have probably done some of the heaviest lifting in our church. And, uh, and they deserve real praise and thanks. And, and so uh, I, I, can I single out Glenn Gordon? Glenn, just stand up right there. Glenn is our... Glenn is our amazing camera operator, and he, uh, he arranges his life around Sunday mornings. And so uh, we're, we're so grateful um, for Glenn and for all the tech team and for the way you serve. Thank you, guys. You're really important in our life together, and we love you. Um, and, and online is never as good as it is in person, but uh, a live stream um, and a, a record of our services, it's reaching... <laughs> People who we haven't reached, uh, I was talking with one of our, our members this week, who Don and Carolyn Miller, and uh, Don's been declining health-wise, and they, they haven't been able to attend, they wouldn't be able to attend, but they're watching our service every single week and feeling connected to our church, and so, isn't that good? Isn't that a great ministry that we, we look forward to continuing on into the future, pandemic or otherwise? In the middle of all that, God has brought quite a number of new people who now call Hillside home. I'm looking at some of you. <laughs> You're new to the family, and we're so glad that you are. We're, we're really grateful that you found us during this season, and, uh, and, and we're grateful for those who found faith. Um, it's our dream for our community that people who don't know God would find out God, find God's love for them, and and we've seen that happen over this last year, and so we're really grateful. Can we give God a hand for these new ones and a strong welcome? Amen. I love it. Um, and then before we change gears a bit in a moment, I want to just do one more note, one more thing, something I get so jazzed about at Hillside, is the wonderful local partnerships we have with organizations like Journey Home Community uh, who work with refugees or or um, pregnancy concerns who work with at-risk moms, uh, to our sponsorship of four different local schools that have high concentrations of, of vulnerable students. And then, of course, there's our partnership with SHARE Family and Community Services. This year, we're entering into, if you can believe it, our fifth year uh, of partnership with hosting the, the food bank on our property every week. Wednesdays, this becomes a life center for our neighborhood. And uh, it, um, it, it's my happiest time of the week when, I, uh, when A, it's sunny on a Wednesday so that they're not standing in the rain. <laughs> but as I, I walk and meet some of these individuals who come uh, looking for, for help and uh, we're able to participate in that really good work, I think it's just such a God thing. And uh, we're really excited about that. By the way, these first few weeks of 2022, um, the, the numbers of people who are coming to the food bank have probably gone up by about 25%. So just substantial. It, it, would, it would typically be uh, 170 families uh, being served any given, uh, any given month. 
and now it's closer to probably 225 families who are being served. So it's a substantial increase, and so we want to keep on loving on our neighborhood and community, and so thank you to those who volunteer in that area and so forth. Especially you want to celebrate Dorothy Ballard, uh, who leads that ministry. Dorothy, you are a hero, and uh, you're an awesome advocate for the food bank, and we're grateful for you. Yeah, I love it. Now, Claire McLean, uh, we have a, such a great relationship with Cher, and Claire McLean is the director uh, of Cher, and last week she sent us just a short video message uh, that we can watch right now. Hi, everybody. My name is Claire McLean. I'm the CEO of Cher Society. I am joining you today to say thank you so much for the incredible work of the entire congregation in supporting SHARE and in particular in all you do with your incredible volunteers at Hillside to help us deliver the food bank services each and every week. We rely on Hillside as a really valued and, and incredible community partner for so many years now, uh, but in particular throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, you all have stepped up. You've been there consistently for the vulnerable members of this community and for our organization, and we're just incredibly grateful and appreciative. Thank you all so much. You are doing incredible work to support people who need it right now in our community, and we couldn't do it without you. So thank you so much. Bye. So. So good. What a give, gift it is for us to serve those in need in our community. And on that note, I want to say we have occasionally over the years honored a member of our congregation with what we've called the Unsung Hero Award which means somebody who serves kind of behind the scenes and doesn't get very sung. They don't get it very necessarily a lot of thanks. This year we want to honor Sandra Clausen for her tireless efforts serving in the weekly food distribution. Let's get this. Sandra has been present serving at the food bank every week, both before and through the pandemic. She not only serves on Wednesdays, but she volunteers at the share headquarters on Mondays and Fridays where they prepare the food parcels that, they, that get handed out. And check, the, check this out. She and Arthur, her husband, have recruited their life group, which meets in the fellowship hall on Tuesday nights. They have recruited them to actually partner by preparing and getting the, some of the food ready to be distributed on Wednesday mornings. What a great, great thing. Um, Sandra, we want to celebrate you this morning and thank you for you giving your time and your energy to serve our larger community. And we got you some gifts. Um, Got you a card with a, inside a gift card to your favorite bike shop. I'm guessing what your favorite gift bike shop is, but we know you love to cycle, and uh, we wanted to bless you. And so that's in there. Um, an orchid to say that your service to God is something beautiful. And uh, a candle, just again, to celebrate and give thanks for the light that you are to our church and to the neighborhood. Amen. Can we uh, celebrate Sandra this morning? Give her thanks. Sandra, we may or may not deliver this to you today. We don't know when you're going to get it. It could be weeks from now, but whatever. I mean, the orchid will look nice in my office. I'm just saying. Just, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, and in our community, God is always doing something new. I love that, that as we look forward. I just want to, we're going to highlight one thing that God's kind of doing right now in our midst. And I want to introduce you to one of our newer families, Esther and Thierry. 
are a couple of our newest members. Esther participated in our Alpha course last January, and then she got married in the summer to Thierry, this lovely man, uh, and they began attending Hillside in September of this last year. Esther uh, is originally from Burundi. Uh, she came to Canada, I think, about eight years ago. I might get this wrong, but around there. But she has six family members who are living in a refugee camp in Malawi, her, her parents and her four brothers. Uh, and in January of this year, Hillside agreed to co-sponsor a refugee application for Esther's family to come to Canada. And so I want to invite Esther to come on up here. I'm going to interview her, and you can meet her and hear a little bit about um, just what she's been up to and what's happening. Can we give uh, Esther a warm welcome? Is it too high for you? Yeah. <laughs> you, can t- you can take your mask off if you want to. Do you see your face? I, uh, I, I saw Esther's face on a Zoom call this week, and that was like the first time, one of the first times I'd ever seen her face. Yeah, nice. Um, Esther. <laughs> what? Yeah, I think I stepped in something that I didn't know I stepped in there. You, you have a nice face. I said I can say that in front of my wife. You have a nice face too, darling. All the women in the church, you have nice faces. We're going to go on. Thank you. Um, is that, so Thierry's actually in the sound booth today volunteering, and, and you married that guy. Yeah. When did... When did you get married? So we got married in June. Uh, that was the wedding in the church. So we had two weddings in the civil marriage and the church wedding. So we had the church wedding before the civil wedding. Yeah, like wow. a week apart. So we have two wedding anniversaries, June and July. Wow. Wow. The pandemic. That's awesome. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> That's you. awesome. Um, Esther, just, it, it's kind of, you have a cool profession. What do you do? So I also work with SHARE Family and Community Services um, as a rent bank coordinator. Uh, So basically what I do is providing rent loans to community members. Um, (laughs) It's heartbreaking to see what's happening in our communities, especially around rent. So a lot of people cannot afford where they live right now. And even moving, it's becoming harder. you move from a 1700 house and then there's like 2800 and you can't afford it. Or you have a health emergency, you don't have money to cover for some stuff and you're behind on rent and it's heartbreaking (laughs) to be honest. And I also work with uh, Connective, I always forget to to mention this, I work with Connective uh, in the mental health uh, department as a residential worker and advocate uh, for people who live in those houses. That's great. That's awesome. And by the way, we direct people to the Rent Bank of Share, which is an awesome resource. And if you are struggling with rent, that's, that's a great place to turn to. Um, again, this Rent Bank, they, they would give you a loan that doesn't have to be paid back for... It's a, um, 24 months. 24 months. No, there is no interest. That's, that's great. What a great service to our community. Thank you for that. Um, your family, your larger family has quite the story, and we probably don't have time for a long long. Give us, can you give us the snapshot? You were born in Burundi, correct? Yes. Um, what happened? 
So I was born in Burundi, and one of my brothers, the one in um, the second one from my, he's my left, from my left. <laughs> and that's, by the way, that's you up in there. Yes, that's me on the far right. Wow. Yes, uh, and that's our house. I actually helped my dad build that in the refugee camp. Um, it reminds me of a lot of things. And those are my four brothers. Uh, the, th the three young ones, we are all born in refugee camps. So they don't belong anywhere. And y the youngest is now almost 16 years old. So, so <coughs> war happened, and your family, uh, which many of them weren't born yet, had to flee. It was Burundi, and where? What? Tell us where that led, led you. So the uh, civil war in Burundi actually started in 1964. Uh, it was more like a cold war between the tribes, especially the Hutu and Tutsi. And then in 1906, uh, my family actually left the country several times before I was even born. Uh, by 1996, my sister, who was the firstborn, was um, killed uh, along with my aunt in the presence of my mom. Uh, so my mom couldn't take it. We were like, you know, you need to leave. So we left. We went to Congo in 1996. And then there was a war in Congo. So we couldn't return back to Burundi. So we had to like go to Tanzania. We got in Tanzania in the same year, 1996. We lived there uh, for a number of years. And then in 2002, they had to close the refugee camps in Tanzania. So we were depatriated. We went back to Burundi when we got there. Um, before we could even see my grandfather, we received messages that you need to return. Get out of the country, otherwise your dad will be no longer. So we had to leave right away. Um, I remember these memories because I was around 10 years old. Um, we went back to Tanzania, they couldn't welcome us back, so we had to like find another refugee camp because Burundi is not where we could be safe. Um, so we had to go to Malawi. So. Since 2002, my family has been in Malawi refugee camp up to, to date. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Did you catch that? Their, her family has been kind of on the run, living in refugee camp in three different countries uh, for 26 years. Like 26 years. I'm just letting that sink in for a bit, folks. I mean, we don't know, a lot of us don't know anything, anything like that kind of experience. Um, how are your How are your family doing right now? Um, your, your brothers are all kind of grown, right? Like they're they're now men, and they do. So in their camp, do they have jobs? Do they? How do they sustain themselves? I see, like in that other picture, that you can. They actually aren't living in a tent. They built their own home. Yes. Um, tell us so, more. Uh, can you go back to the photo? Yes. So the two in yellow, actually, they finished high school. They're just sitting at home because. Uh, the Malawian government does not allow refugees to live outside of the camp. So you're not even allowed to work. You have to have a passport. Being a refugee, we don't have passports. Like the one in a yellow t-shirt was actually born in Tanzania in the refugee camp. So he doesn't belong to any country, which means he can't obtain any passport. Um, so, and also the Malawian government does not provide permanent residence. You can't have access to uh, like anything you want to do, like for example, if you want to go get further training, you have to pay international student fees, which my family cannot afford <laughs> right now. So basically in the camp, you live with a constant fear of not knowing what's going to happen the following day. 
Uh, as I speak right now, they only receive $12, the whole family, for food the whole month. Do you hear that? $12 a month is their income yes. for food. So that basically includes everything. They give you $12 so you know what to do with that. Right. Um, that's how they're living. Uh, I would say um, it's not an easy situation because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. If they decide to close the camp today, it means it's either I have to find where to put my family in another refugee camp because they can't return to Burundi. And also like um, they have, uh, there is no access to healthcare in the camp. So most people like, including my mom, she has, I would say trauma from like my sister's death and my uh, aunt. She has never had the opportunity to access better health. Trauma, and I'm sure she can heal from it, but because of lack of healthcare, it's kind of, it's very hard for her to even like, you know, get to process what happened. And then with the constant fear of the unknown, where my brother's gonna be, uh, it becomes even harder for her to even sit down and just process what happened in 1996 right now. So a traumatic past and a very uncertain future. I mean, that's, that's kind of how they're living. Um, on a very subsistent le level. So you put in a sponsorship application for them to come as refugees to Canada. Um, tell us ab about where that's at right now. Uh, so we were expecting to get a result. I did with MCCB, MCCBC, the Memonite. Um, uh, basically you put in, you ask to get help uh, sponsor your family. And what happens is if they choose you, they support your application but you have to provide financial support for one year. Uh, so right now I'm waiting for them to say if they're gonna help me sponsor my family. And then from, ne from there, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the process well, will start. <laughs> so, so uh, and you told me that they, MCC, NCCBC, um, have a quota, if you, like they, not a quota, but they are allowed to do something like 120. Is yes. that correct? So and they, yeah. But they've told you there's how many applications? There's around 684 applications this okay. year. Okay. And they're only allowed to do around 100 and uh, between 124 or 168 okay. this year. Okay. Yeah. So um, I, I hear a story like this, and and. Uh, uh, when I when Esther told me this story months and months ago, I didn't know what our capacity would be to help or to come alongside or whatever. But all I felt in my spirit was, this is not right. We got to do something, and uh, and so when she asked us to come on along and put our name to her sponsorship application to to strengthen it, um, our elders were just unanimous and said, absolutely, we're that's a no brainer. And uh, at this point, it means nothing of us be because we're waiting. Mm -hmm. um, so I, in, in terms of responding, wh the thing you probably want most right now, what, what would it be? I think I, I know the answer. It's prayers. Yeah. Um, I have done my part. I'm waiting on the Lord. Um, he's the only person. If there's this song I love. Uh, when Jesus says yes, no one can say no. So if God says yes, no one will say no. My application will go through. So she got two couple hoops here. One, it, it's the MCCBC. Um, I think they have a pretty good success rate in terms of sponsorship applications. But the next step is it going before the, the Canadian government. And so, man, we want to pray with you. Like, let's stop talking. Let's pray right now. Let's do it. Shall we? 
Why don't, just, you guys need to, need to stand up so you stay awake. And at home, you do the same. Let's stand. Let's, uh, let's pray that God would uh, intervene. So, Lord, we, um, we, I want to thank you, Esther for her bravery in just sharing today and telling her story, uh, some of it. And, uh, God, we, uh, we take a moment and lift up her family. All the uncertainty, all the, uh, the hardship they've been through and the difficulty for, for many, many years, 26 years, we can't even imagine. Uh, we pray for them. We pray, would you cover them and protect them? Would you help them and show your mercy to them, Lord, I pray. Lord, would you carry them through these difficult days? And uh, Father, it's just, uh, it seems not right to us that they continue on in that situation. So we pray, Lord, that, that you might hear our prayers today. And that you would release them and free them uh, to come to Canada. That would be our heart's desire, God. Lord, we, we, we just pray. I, just, I believe, Lord, you've, uh, for such a time as this, for this family, you're inviting us to partner in prayer that we might see you do uh, what seems like something that's been just immovable for years. There's been just no hope. But we pray for hope and we pray for release. We pray this. And, and just everybody who's got any kind of influence on this, Lord, uh, this application would continue to, to bubble to the surface. Uh, we would, we would uh, look for your yes more than anybody else's, but we ask for their yes too. And so, God, we lay this before you and pray. Would you deliver our friends? Uh, we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Can you tell us your family's names? So my dad is uh, Frederick Karekunzira. He's actually a pastor in Malawi. Uh, my mom is Aisha Kiemachiat. Uh, and then the guy in a yellow suit, <laughs> that's Lodric Ninina Hasgue. Uh, the one in yellow t-shirt is Sivet Mwamini, who was born in Tanzania. The, uh, the boy next to my dad in black pants, Stanley Nahagira, he was born in Malawi. And then the one in red is James Niyukuri. He was also born in Malawi. Thank you, Esther. Can we give her a huge hand? <laughs> awesome. Jerry was trying to write down those names. Good luck with that, Jerry. I don't know if you, you know. Uh, Esther, uh, when your family comes, you're going to have to have us like go through a little school session where you teach us their names properly. I think we'll need your help. But... Um, you know, uh, I was going to say, I, I'm, uh, I'm just getting to know Esther in theory, but I'm so excited about what God might be doing through this relationship and uh, what he wants to do together. And uh, I'm already feeling like we're beginning to, I, I've been feeling this for many months, beginning to carry the burden that Esther's been carrying for a long, long time. And that's, that's really what the church, part of what we're meant to be, is to carry each other's burdens. And sometimes the burden is just obvious. And when we can step out and do that kind of thing, I think it's great. By the way, um, there are many, many other families that are going through hardship around the world. We think of, we'll be hearing about the Ukraine uh, and the refugee crisis that's, that's uh, I think it's up to a, a million and a half people who fled Ukraine so far. And so this is going to be a significant issue going forward. And it's going to be a marker of our church, I think, is that we're going to continue to partner with families, hoping that Canada can show hospitality to the world. Um, I feel like this is a calling Hillside has. We've, we've felt this for some time. And we can't say yes to everybody, but we can say yes to some. 
And, uh, and, and sometimes we're just going to have families that show up who are new Canadians, and we can show hospitality, and that, that is something that I think Jesus is calling us to, this radical hospitality and generosity. Um, folks, I love what God is forming here at Hillside. I, I love this church. Um, church can be hard. It's like advanced training in love. It really is. That's what church is. But I think that we, if we can continue to look to God and, uh, and lean on one another and keep our eyes fixed on this faith that we carry together, um, we'll know that God is with us. And uh, we know that we're not alone in what, whatever we're facing. Um, I can't, we've got to wrap up. So, so I'm going to just, we're going to pause for a minute. And I'd love for us to pray. And uh, if, I'm going to ask you to just bow your heads, maybe close your eyes if that's helpful. Part of celebrating God's faithfulness and what he's done in the past and his goodness is that we can also then look forward to the future with faith. And I wonder, just, just to sort of prep for our AGM today, could you think about one dream you might have for this church? One thing that you'd, you'd love to see happen. Allow God to just speak to you and then just Bring that to God, that one desire, that one request you might have for our congregation, something you'd love to see grow or flourish or bloom. Oh God, you who hear our prayers, even as you've placed thoughts, and, and for some of us, I think you've placed your own wishes in our hearts. They've just been from you. We agree with you today, and we want to see you form our community into the kind of people you've called us to be. Uh, Lord, the kind of community that's uh, radically loving and generous and uh, radically focused on Jesus and committed to, to seeing his kingdom come nearer in our world. Uh, a, a community that, that is growing in faith but also loving the, na- the neighborhood and the world around us. So, so God, would you fulfill what you have for us? I, I pray for our AGM today. Uh, I pray that, that as we gather this afternoon, um, would you lead us as a church into whatever's next, and uh, we might have courage with which to go, even if what you call us to is hard. I pray um, you might give us that kind of courage and grace. Bless everyone we've mentioned today. I think of all the leaders who are serving, all the volunteers, all our staff team, um, those who, who give and participate in the life of this church in all kinds of ways. We, I pray your blessing 
you, uh, Lord, you'd replenish and restore and renew and, and uh, do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. We pray these things together in the mighty name of Jesus. And all God's people said, amen. 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 Well, bless you. And uh, want to uh, just, I, I think we're going to end right there. We've got um, opportunity. If you'd like to receive prayer today, our prayer team would love to pray with you. If you've got a need, don't go away without getting prayed for. But uh, may God grant you uh, his grace and his peace. Amen. Bless you.